Wretched Radio begins in three, two, one. Evolution is more than a theory. It is a fundamental scientific principle. You know, there's a scientific term for that. It's called baloney. We are so stupid that we think that just because telephones and computers and cars are intelligently designed, that means we are too. Well, we're not. I don't trust that Richard Dawkins. In the beginning, God created heaven and the earth. Is the only logical explanation, unless you don't want to believe in science and logic. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Hey there, hello, and welcome in to another Wretched Radio. It is a Witness Wednesday, and that's what we do every Wednesday, Witness Wednesday. And as always, Todd is out on campus out at Kennesaw State University, and that is where we go now. This is Thomas, and I am going to tell you something about Thomas that he didn't tell me, but I think is accurate. Are you ready? Sure. Because we've been talking for a few minutes. Yes, sir. And you've mentioned your family at least five times to me. Did you know that? I did not realize that. You did, because you were you were talking about this this T-shirt that you're wearing on the wrong campus. And you said your family, they're big Bulldog fans, right? Yes, and we talked about baseball and you said your family and your dad really love Turner Stadium, etc. So based on just how much you've been talking about family, I'm going to guess you're a church going Bible Belt kid named Thomas, correct? Yes, sir. Named after the Thomas of the Bible. Am I correct? Yes, sir. That is why my name is Thomas. Because family is important to you. That's kind of sweet. I have to confess to you. That is very nice to hear that family means something to you. And that typically means you're a Christian. Yes, sir. I go I go home a lot just to see my family and my friends. Yeah. That, that's very sweet. Thomas, tell me, if I approached you on this bench and I sat down and I said, looks to me like your life is together. You're a pleasant young man. Life seems to be going in the right direction for you. I understand you're a Christian. Would you please share with me why I should become a Christian like you? Um, this personally, like it's been for me since my sophomore year of high school, this really like life changing. This like, this, like, I have like a whole new like perspective on like life and just like what it, everything that I do is really about. And just like, not everything is about me. Not everything is about my parents and trying to please them, but to please the Lord and to do everything like in his glory for him. And just personally for me, like ever since I got baptized going into my freshman year, but really kind of started focusing on it my sophomore year of high school, I just kind of like had a better mindset on like what to do, like in like any given situation, like, like right now. Okay, so if I'm interpreting you rightly, you just encouraged me to become a Christian because I will be able to live more for other people and perhaps understand situations better. Is that a correct summary? Yes. Now, what if, Thomas, I said to you, you know what, that doesn't sound all that exciting because right now I actually do live for other people to a degree and I can cope pretty well. So therefore, I don't think that I need to become a Christian. What would you say to me? Um, this is actually a very difficult question. Um, one thing that we do at my church, um, we I go to North Star Church. Well, I go to the college ministry. I'll be going later today. And our big thing is talking about um, living sent. Living, we are, um, as, as Jesus said, as the father has sent me, even so, even so I'm sending you in John 20, 21. And we read that every 
every Tuesday at the end of service. And oftentimes we're come to the we, like we come to the problem with like, oh, we have to face other people that don't know Christ and don't know what to expect. And one thing that we've actually been praying for is um, I think it's Matthew uh, 10 verse two. It is um, pray for the harvest, which are the people that do not know Christ. And um, it's also, but pray for the workers who do work on the harvest, which are, which are the followers. So the harvest are non-believers and the workers are um, followers right now. And that is personally one thing that I am working on. Like I personally don't know what I could say to you too much. I'm, I am not the most intelligent of the Bible. I, I, I do, I, I do oftentimes know what I'm talking about, but in some situations I don't know what to say. So with Matthew 10 2, it's, I'm, I'm praying for everyone that I talk to with you. If, if somebody were to sit next to me and be a non-believer and ask me about it, I'm praying for them, but I'm also praying for myself to be more knowledgeable, to learn more about it and just to spread the word correctly. Let's see if this helps you in that endeavor. All right, let's, let's change roles. All right. You come up to me and you say, I don't know what you're doing on this campus, dude, but I understand you're a Christian. Why would you try to persuade me to become a Christian too? So you're the unbeliever. I'm the Christian. You ready? Yes, sir. Well, Thomas, I would ask you questions like this. Would you consider yourself to be a good person? Yes, sir. How many lies do you think you've told in your life, Thomas? Too many to count. Yeah, right. Okay, so if somebody tells a lot of lies, you would call that person a? Sinner. Specifically, though, you'd call them a? Bad person. Yeah, true. But they're a liar. You tell oh, lies, yes. you're a liar. Have you ever stolen anything? Um, from a store? No, just from siblings. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, sure. yes. Okay, so doesn't matter who, <laughs> who, who you pinched, but you stole something. Yes. Okay, so what do you call somebody who steals things? Uh, a robber, a stealer. Okay. So you are a liar. You're a thief. Hmm. Have you ever taken God's name in vain? Sadly, yes. That's called blasphemy. That's a serious crime against God. Have you ever dishonored your parents in any way? All you had to do is be yeah. naughty once. Yes. Yes. Yeah, right. Okay. So I know that's true. All right. Have you ever looked at a woman with lust in your heart? Yes. As everyone, as every everybody has all right because jesus said you've heard it said of old thou shalt not commit adultery i say look with lust you commit adultery in your heart have you ever murdered anybody thomas no let's test that because jesus said if you're ever angry with somebody unjustly you're in danger of judgment the bible says that's like murdering in your heart you know you don't kill somebody with an axe but you've got that feeling that you'd like them off of the planet. That's like murdering in your heart. Have you ever done that? Yes, I have been angry at a friend for no good reason. Okay, so we just walked through about five or six commandments, Thomas. Do you still think you're a good person? Yes. How can you rationalize breaking all of these laws, sinning against God with being a good person? Well, because like it's about like repenting and knowing knowing like in the moment like what you did is bad and trying to correct that, trying to 
let's say taking something from a brother let's say i took a video game just random thought and i knew that was bad in the moment but then i tell myself that i'm not going to do it again and i like I could pray about it. I could say like, man, hey, hey, God, I just, I don't think I should be doing this. It's not the right thing. And then it's like, I try myself, try my best to not do it again. Let's imagine for a second, Thomas, that a criminal is pulled into a courtroom and he's guilty of stealing some videos from a blockbuster when they used to have those things. And he says, judge, when I did it, I felt kind of bad and I'm not going to do it again. The judge would say, good, you should feel bad. And you're correct, you shouldn't do it again. But you're still guilty of being a thief. You still did it, and that does not make up for the wrongdoing that you've done. So Thomas, I would try to persuade you, you're like the rest of us, and you're exactly what the Bible says when it says nobody does good, no, not one. All sin falls short of the glory of God. Now Thomas, if that's true, and someday, Lord willing, it's long time in the future. You die. God calls you before his bench. He is seated on his throne. He is the just judge of all the world. And he knows like not just what we do, but what we think. Everything. Books are opened up. He knows how many times you've looked at lust with lust, maybe looked at porn, maybe didn't do things with your body that you knew shouldn't have been done when you dishonored your parents every single time cheated on a test the whole shebang mm -hmm. not to mention if you've ever been like racist or sexist every thought Everything. is he going to find you innocent or guilty he will find me um worthy of the kingdom of god because i i know in my heart that i am baptized as christ has was baptized i am too and um just like in my heart, I, I will continue to be a Christian because um, when Jesus came down, he sat with the sinners. He sat with the prostitutes. He sat with the people who did the wrong thing. He didn't sit with the, the kind people. He didn't sit with the bad people. He sat with those who were not the best people, the people who you see on the streets who like, you're like, oh man, they are not a good person. You can just tell. Those are the people that Jesus goes to. And I know that Jesus has been with me before, but I am baptized in Christ and I will, I will always do my best to follow him, to be like him. And I feel in my heart that I would be worthy. All right, stop. Hold on just a moment. Here I am again, back to interrupt the conversation between Todd and Thomas. I know I'm so graceful, but... Got to take just a moment away to step back. And when we get back, the conversation between Todd and Thomas will continue. So use your time wisely. Go get some more coffee, do some jumping jacks, keep your blood moving, whatever. But we will be back in just three minutes. You're listening to Witness Wednesday on Wretched Radio. So you're not convinced of the importance of training men to rightly divide the word of truth and fill pulpits internationally? Fine. 
then we'll let Paul Washer convince you. It is so important, not just important, it's absolutely essential to have a trained expositor of the scripture in every church. When we read through the book of Acts, we can see that the kingdom of God, the kingdom of Christ, advances as the word of God advances. Would you please consider joining the Master's Academy International in filling empty pulpits with men who can exposit the scriptures and advance the kingdom of God It's a magnificent ministry with a generational impact. Please learn more about supporting TMAI at wretched.org slash pastor, wretched.org slash pastor for the Master's Academy International. You know, what used to be a movie is now our sad reality. We're living in a world that's gone absolutely bonkers. So much so that six mads just aren't enough to describe it. Social media may be bombarding us left and right. Our Christian worldview may be under assault. But we have the dynamic duo of Todd Friel and Dr. Nathan Buznitz. And they're coming to the rescue with Wretched Worldview 2. Tackling 22 of those pesky, thorny, contemporary issues through a biblical lens, helping us to defend the biblical view on things like sexuality and gender, critical race theory, modesty and apparel, persecution, secular entertainment, environmentalism, 22 issues to be exact. So what are you waiting for? Head on over to wretched.org, grab your copy of Wretched Worldview 2. And hey, while you're there, snag that study guide too, because it's the perfect companion for navigating this mad, 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 mad world with wisdom and grace. How's inflation been treating you if costs for health insurance are skyrocketing in your home? Would you please visit MediShare.com slash wretched. Affordable biblical health sharing. Christians paying for other Christians' medical bills, which means you don't have to worry where the money is going for mm, bad stuff. Second of all, you can save on average $500 per month. And finally, MediShare, it's the gold standard for healthcare sharing for more than 25 years. It works, and the members, including myself and Mrs. Friel, love it, which is why their customer satisfaction rate is double traditional health insurance. If inflation has got you down, call up the people at MediShare, 844-34-BIBLE or MediShare.com slash wretched. Books of the Bible. The book of Obadiah is a prophecy against the nation of Edom, who were descendants of Jacob's brother, Esau. Obadiah's message is clear. God will punish those who persecute his people. When you face troubles of any kind, turn to the Lord. Renew your faith in him, for he cares for his people. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. And welcome back, folks. It is Witness Wednesday here on Wretched Radio. I'm Jimmy Hicks in the studio, which can only mean Todd is out on the campus at Kennesaw State University. That's the location this week, Kennesaw State University. And he's talking with right now, currently, Thomas. Before the break, Thomas kind of grappling, wrestling with the idea of good works as a means to salvation. Of course, Todd offers a different perspective. And that's where I believe he's going to take Thomas now. So let's get back to the conversation. This is Wretched Radio. There is still so much more that I can do. And a part of Living Scent is this being a better person and trying to 
live more like Jesus, to make sure that I am worthy of the kingdom of God. Let me perhaps offer you something better today, okay? But I'm going to ask you to just work with me a little bit. Not if you disagree with me, but just try to reason with me through this just a little bit, all right? If you do something bad, it requires some sort of payment. You've earned a debt against society. So you go to jail, you go to the workhouse, you've incurred a debt. How do you think your good works are going to pay the debt that you owe to God? All of the things that you've done, if we, if we put them on a scale, all right, all of the times that you've lied or lusted or cheated or stolen, we put those on a scale, it's pretty heavy. How much good do you think you're going to need to do to outweigh that? A lot. There's more good to be done in this world than we realize. I mean, kindness goes a very long way. and I feel like kindness is a good start. Here's the problem, though, Thomas. We're not as kind as we should be. I'm never as charitable as I should be. I'm never as honest as I should be. I just keep on falling short over and over again. And if I am responsible for balancing the scales of justice, I got to tell you, that is a burden I don't think I can bear. I don't, I don't, I can't do enough good. Furthermore, doing good does not offset bad. For instance, criminal goes into a courtroom, he's broken 10 laws. He is busted for sure. But he says to the judge, Your Honor, I know I've committed those 10 crimes, but let me tell you about the 10 good things I've done. I, I, well, I did 100 good things. I walked somebody across the street who needed help. I bought uh, a soda for somebody who was thirsty. I helped my little brother with his homework. And he rattles off 100 good deeds. What is the judge going to say to him? too bad you still did those 10 crimes exactly and that's your situation and that's my situation we've done bad we have done a lot of bad things and that um we can still do good but jesus came to die for our sins for those bad things that we have done to take all that in when he died on the cross he died for everybody no matter who you are what you look like it doesn't matter yeah he died for our sins so but now we got to harmonize your worldview here because you just told me that Jesus died to forgive our sins. But all along, you've been telling me you have to do stuff to have your sins forgiven. Those are not the same thing, are they? Correct. One, what you were expressing all along was you have to work your way to appease God. What you just said now is Jesus Christ appeased God by dying for sinners totally different message. Which one do you believe? I believe both. Um, again, we are sent. I am sent. I'm, I am a messenger for those who do and don't believe. But we are sent to walk the walk and talk the talk. Go around and spread everything that we're taught about Jesus. I am told to learn and to live like Jesus. I totally agree with that, Thomas. But I think there's an order that maybe, just maybe, you've got a little bit mingled and confused here, okay? The bad news is, on Judgment Day, you don't have a chance. You deserve the wrath of God just like I do because of all of the sins that we've committed against God. That's our situation. But God is rich in mercy, and he sent his son to live the perfect life we can't live. He died a brutal death on our behalf. So it's as if God took your rap sheet and pinned it on Jesus. And in exchange, Jesus gives you his resume of goodness so that you can be forgiven totally of your sins 
even seen as righteous because Jesus gives you his good works credited to your account. And you can be seen as the righteousness of God in Christ. That's the gospel. Thomas, that means your works do not save you. They cannot help you. Furthermore, they're good deeds offered with dirty hands. It would be like Adolf Hitler giving you a bouquet of flowers. You'd go, no thanks, Adolf. They're, they're real nice. I'm not interested because you're giving them to me. Same thing is true with God. We like to think we're offering up our goodness, but they're, they're delivered with blood-stained hands and they're not acceptable to God. But Jesus' work is acceptable to God because he satisfied God's justice and he credits us with goodness so we can be commended to God. That's the good news of the gospel. Then we try to become messengers for Jesus. We try to obey Jesus, not in order to get saved, but because we've been saved. I, I was actually waiting for you to say that. I was like, I was expecting you to say that, and you did say it because um, it's almost like it isn't fair for other people who like are like non-believers because like we have been graced with this Almighty God. Jesus came to die for our sins, and we are saved, and we are experiencing. We will experience eternal life in heaven. But then there's so many other people who don't have the luxury of that, and it is our deed for those who are saved to go out and be the messenger for those people. But the message is this, you're not good, you're bad, and you deserve God's wrath. But Jesus Christ is good and merciful and gracious and kind, and he died to satisfy the wrath of God. Run to Jesus Christ, put your trust in Jesus Christ. He offers you terms of peace with his Father. He's satisfied what you cannot accomplish by yourself. Put your trust in him because he is the most benevolent, amazing being in the universe. That's our message. Then from that knowledge comes the desire to obey. So, Thomas, I do need to challenge you a bit, though. Okay. All along, you've been kind of trying to present your own goodness as being what's going to get you to heaven or earn you forgiveness. Jesus addressed those people. They were actually called Pharisees because they were work, they were work righteous. They thought they were doing good to please God. And Jesus, he, he toppled that. He said, no, you're not good, but I am. Put your trust in me and you'll be seen as good. So Thomas, my, my challenge to you on this bench today, do a little introspection, okay? Because your baptism, it didn't make you right with God. It can't, it's water and it's a work. Okay, what makes you right with God is Jesus and him alone. So if you are at all trusting in your own works, you need to forsake that notion and you need to believe in Jesus and his good works and then live that out, not to please God for, for forgiveness, but to please God because you've been forgiven. If you don't have that right and you're not relying on grace alone and Christ alone, Jesus warned you won't inherit the kingdom. Okay, so just make sure you've got that really straight in your own brain. Then when you share it with others, you'll do that articulately. But more importantly today is make sure you're believing in Jesus alone and not yourself, okay? Uh, being selfish is one of the greatest problems with everybody, including in the church, including, I've seen pastors who are overly selfish. 
and that being selfish is not good it's a sin and we should be doing it all for jesus christ because of him all right so you've got that straight in your in your belief system yes sir so when i die i'm going to see you in heaven why because we both trying to say like 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 you presenting it which is the correct way we believe in we believe in christ and um we've done everything for christ to spread the word about him to lead others to him i remember though that part is not what got you to heaven that doing that part about going and telling people we we do that because we've already been granted heaven right we don't do that because we got to do that in order to get heaven that makes it a work. And here's what the Bible says. By grace are you saved through faith alone, not of yourself. It is a gift of God, not of works, so that no man should boast. Because you see, if I can go to heaven and somebody asks, why are you here? I can say, well, Jesus died for me, but I also did good things. I told people about Jesus. Then I, then I earned my way there, at least in part. And that's not the way it works. Jesus paid it all. All to him we owe. Right. We don't earn our way. He does it for us. So make sure you're keeping that straight in your head because this should take a burden off of you and it should give you more joy and it should give you more assurance. And on those days, Thomas, when you still lie or you still lust or you still do something that you know you shouldn't have done, you're still forgiven. You're still in God's grace. He will not let you go. Nobody can snatch you from his hand. Nothing can separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus. And that is the knowledge. The next time you're tempted, it's going to keep you from wanting to commit that sin. Because why would I want to sin, sin against the God who died to save me? Fair enough? Yes, sir. All right. Well, our time is up once again. We're going to take pause on this Witness Wednesday. And I think the biggest overall message we can remember from this conversation, Todd's words today that should ring in our ears. It's not about what we do, but what's already been done for us. That's the gospel. And there are more witnessing encounters straight ahead. We are not done yet, not by a long shot. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with more from Kennesaw State University. It's Wretched Radio. It's now time for a Wretched News Break here on Wretched Radio. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Well, we go now to the state of Ohio, where it seems the Democratic Party has pushed the envelope. Actually, no, they've ripped it open entirely. They've released a provocative, a provocative new ad that targets the state's GOP and their legislative efforts. The ad, which is more suitable for an adult film than a political discourse, has stirred up a whirlwind of reaction, as you can imagine. And they even have the audacity to assert that the focus on the ad is detracting from areas like healthcare and the economy. Well, here's an idea. How about you spend less time directing provocative, risque ads and more time discussing those pressing issues you're talking about? That seems like a good idea to me. Next, we go to the state of Kentucky, where the Ark Encounter, owned by the Answers in Genesis folks, courtesy of Mr. Ken Ham, is sponsoring the Cincinnati Reds baseball game delays. I don't know if you've seen that, but this is hilarious. For those unfamiliar, the Ark Encounter is a full-scale replica of Noah's Ark. 
And this is a marketing strategy that's absolutely brilliant. Whoever works in their marketing department and came up with this one deserves a raise. Now let's switch gears to international news. To Russia, they've implemented a prohibitive stance on medical interventions aiming at changing a person's sex. The legislation also impacts potential transgender, foster, and adoptive parents. Communism and all that stuff and everything else that goes on in Russia, there's not a lot that we can agree with. But things like this, yeah, yeah, we do. Well, our neighbor to the north in Canada looking to broaden their assisted suicide program. We don't agree with that one. They want to include individuals suffering from mental illness. Advocates argue for the right to choice. Yeah, no, not in this case. And finally, a somber report comes out of India, where a significant number of Indian Christians have faced persecution this year. Incidents range from social boycotts and threats to physical assaults and forced conversions. There's a surge in persecution in India and a growing influence of Hindu nationalist groups. And it's something we wanted to bring attention to for you to add to the list of those that you're praying for internationally. Because we tell you nearly daily here at Wretched to continue praying for all of our persecuted brothers and sisters abroad. And that's been today's Wretched News Break. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Titles of Christ. In the Bible, Jesus is given many titles that teach us about who he is and what he has done. Jesus is called our ransom. Through our sin, we are in bondage to sin and death. But Christ paid the fine to satisfy God's justice and purchase us as his holy people. If you are in Christ, you no longer belong to sin, but to God. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Well, 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 we are back, right back in the thick of things. We still have plenty of time left on the clock. We've got a whole entire half a show left to go. So who's up next? Who's Todd got in the hot seat? Only one way to find out. Let's get out to the campus now. It's a Witness Wednesday from Kennesaw State University here on Wretched Radio. Why are we talking to Fresnel? Simple. He can't escape. Dude, what's wrong with your foot? I broke it. (laughs) So sorry to hear that, but that's our blessing because now you're stuck here and you're going to let me talk to you, correct? So let me tell you the premise of this book and you tell me if you agree with it. It's about agnosticism. Do you know what agnosticism is? Um, Elaborate if you will. That's all right. It it, it really comes from a Greek word, agnosis. It means it's a negation, gnosis, which is knowledge. So no knowledge. In other words, I don't know. I don't know if God exists. That's what agnosticism is. They don't fully deny belief in a being, but they they don't totally reject it either. So they're kind of in the middle. Are you an agnostic? No, I'm not. not. Do you know any agnostics? Um, no, I, pretty much anybody I know, it's either side. They're either atheist or Christian. Or So the, the premise is that agnosticism, it sounds like it's a not a belief because they don't believe in anything but the reality is they do believe stuff that has brought them to that conclusion and then it goes about the business of trying to dismantle what those beliefs are to show an agnostic you don't have a really good foundation so for instance an agnostic would say i believe in science instead of a divine being The problem with that is science can't prove or disprove if there's a divine being. 
So the very standard that they are using to not believe in God is actually a belief system itself. And, and it's a standard that the claim itself can't adhere to. Huh? All right. Have you ever wondered why people have the need to make their motorcycle so loud in front of everybody? Uh, no, actually, I, I'm, I'm a motorcycle rider. All righty then. Did I, ju did I just step in one right there? No, no, not at all. Do you do that? No. You know, the my engine. I mean, maybe when I was 20. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's exactly right. All right, for now, tell me then, you're not an agnostic. Are you an atheist or a theist? I'm a theist. What kind? Um, Christianity. I believe in God. I believe in um, pretty much a divine being that we wouldn't be here if it weren't for that divine being. So, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty set in my ways of believing that's, a, that's another did you read this book that's what this no, book okay. I have it. <laughs> All right. so if i approached you for now and i didn't have this booklet that we're trying to give away I'm trying to give away a million copies of this bad boy a lot of people doing that so if I'm, I'm i'm approaching you as somebody who's an agnostic how would you persuade me to consider the claims of christianity that's a good question hey what let's do it this way this will be a drama We'll role play, all right? Hey, Fresnel, sorry to hear about your foot, but I hear you're a Christian. Could you tell me about it and why I should think about becoming a Christian? There is a divine being. Even based on science, I believe that um, Christianity gave us science. I believe that that divine individual gave us science. Um, I can't give you a verse, but in the Bible, it says that, you know, the wise men pretty much followed the moon and the stars in order to get to where they were going. That's science. So I believe that um, pretty much we wouldn't be here or wouldn't have gotten to this point without a, a divine being or um, something or someone pulling all the strings. So you believe in kind of an unmoved mover, somebody who's got to be running the place. Okay. I'm not persuaded. What else you got? Hmm. <laughs> uh, I would say, well, I would ask you, why, why aren't you a, a, a theist, Rio, pretty much? Yeah. Uh, just not enough proof. Well, science isn't enough. Christians do bad things. This is true, but the Crusades. But the Bible does tell us that Christians... It's like the game of telephone, and it's all wrong. <laughs> That's exactly what you run into. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's not bad. <laughs> I'm a believer, and um, it has not steered me wrong yet. And it won't steer me wrong, I believe. Um, I believe when I leave here, I will be going somewhere. And um, I'd rather um, pretty much serve God and not regret it later, which is later, which is, you know, after this life, than to not serve and be like, oh, so that. That sounds a little like Pascal's wager. Are you familiar with that? I'm not. Uh, boiling it down, uh, he he had a lot of thoughts, wrote them down in something called the Pensee, and these musings were basically the conclusion of what what we call Pascal's wager is. What do you got to lose? So let's say you're wrong, no big deal. So give theism a go. I'm not a fan of that. Okay. It just doesn't. What do you like? God is somebody to be kind of bedded on, and I'm just going to blindly believe in God because. It doesn't hurt. Yeah, it doesn't feel like belief. That feels more like a, you know, I want benefits sort of program. Yeah. All right. So let me offer you something. We're going to turn this around. 
and you're going to approach me as an unbeliever, and I'm going to give it a go with you. Okay, you ready? Go. So I'm not a, I'm, I'm not a believer. So um, and I, I, I've, you told me that you were. I'm wondering why. That's a great question, and I would say to you that there are two ways that we can think this through. One way is logically using our reason machines. There's a problem with that. They don't always work right. But basically, this booklet here, if I told you that this booklet happened by itself and that somehow ink and paper all came together and it actually spelled out information that I could interpret and understand, you'd probably think I'm a little bit nuts. Yes. It's like this is intelligence and it's communication and it's design. It had to be designed by someone. So I simply conclude there's got to be a designer. That's all. So there's I think that's infallible proof that God exists. But I would also offer a second thought for you, because what I just shared with you is dealing with the realm of your intellect, trying for, to get your reason machine to cooperate with me. I want to go to your conscience, though, Fresnel. All right, I want to I want to go into the courtroom of your brain to see what what's going on up there. All right, so I would ask you: Do you think you're a good person? I do. I'm going to examine that, and here's what I'm going to use: the Ten Commandments. You heard this, <laughs> have you? Yes. Yeah. All right. So you open up the law, and it suddenly it says, "I'm not a good person at all." that I haven't loved God with all of my heart, soul, mind, and strength. I've taken his name in vain. I didn't honor my parents. I, I thought lowly of God. I didn't love people the way that I should. Maybe lust is a part of your makeup. Maybe unrighteous indignation at people, which Jesus said is akin to murder of the heart. So I look at those laws and suddenly it tells me, sorry, Fresnel, you're wrong. You're not a good person. You're a bad person. Would you agree with that? I agree. If we're, if we're comparing it to the law, I totally agree. Yeah. All right. So now this divine being who made everything can't be lesser than us. And we see justice, I would say, because God is just. We see courtrooms because God has a courtroom. So for now, you die. Your number gets called. You are pulled before the just judge of all the world who opens up the books on not just what you do, but what you think. Would you be innocent or guilty? Uh, guilty. What do you think God should do with you? I would say, because I know the word, I would say be merciful. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. You don't want to play anymore, do you? No. <laughs> I don't blame you for that. Okay, so basically what I just did is, is I used the law to bring about the knowledge of sin so that people could see their need for a savior. So rather than getting into a long wrangle about scientism and evolution, which we can do, go to the conscience, the courtroom of the brain, so that they can feel the conviction of sin uh, that, that is brought about by an examination of God's word. So that would, that would be how I would go about doing that deal. Okay, yeah, that sounds perfect. So then tell me, last question, maybe. Last question is Fresnel, we're changing roles again. All right, I've changed my mind. I'm not a good person. What must I do to be saved? Well, first I would say um, go to that divine being, whether it be on your knees or in conversation um, and repent, ask for forgiveness. Um, and then, you know, s seek that path that leads you to righteousness. I'll just put it this way. Repent, I agree and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you'll be saved. Do you agree? I agree. 
So when I die, which will likely be before you unless you keep revving your motorcycle like this guy is doing. All right. Whoever gets there first, why will you be in heaven? Because I believe I repent. Yeah. And I, I, I seek that path, that way um, of righteousness, even though I might stumble at times. But at the end of the day, I still go back and repent and and always seek God's face. Pretty much. Cool. It was good to meet you. All right. Stop. Hit another roadblock, another stop sign, another red light. I don't know how else to describe it, but we have to take a commercial break. And if you can believe it, we're not finished yet. No, we're not. Not at all. Much more Witness Wednesday is still to come. Hang tight. Hang with us. We'll be back with more from Kennesaw State University on Wretched Radio. Ah, some good news. Two encouragements from the Tomorrow Clubs. They have hundreds of weekly kids meeting clubs in Eastern Europe, but now they've expanded to Africa and the kids are swarming the Tomorrow Clubs. They have never seen greater attendance than the hundreds of new clubs that they are opening up in Africa. That should encourage all of us. The gospel is going forth and reaching kids in unreached places. Encouragement number two, would you like to become a Tomorrow Clubs ministry partner? Your support will help the Tomorrow Clubs open up even more Tomorrow Clubs and reach even more kids with the gospel. Please consider becoming a ministry partner at tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched, tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Hey, thanks for listening to Wretched Radio today. Yeah, without our amazing gospel partners, we would not be able to do what we do. And so for that, we're genuinely grateful. Listen to what one of our listeners, Rebecca, wrote in and said. She said, your show has helped me better understand my faith more logically and theologically. Now, seriously, that's only because of your ongoing support, gospel partners. We thank you for that. Also, we're members of the ECFA, meaning that we're totally open, we're totally transparent, and totally accountable to you guys. We honor your gifts with faithful stewardship and no frivolous waste. Trust me, we're so serious about that. We got to bring our own toilet paper to work. Okay, maybe not. But listen, we're not flying around in private jets. We're not taking private car services or catering in fancy meals. We make sure every penny you give goes directly to good use. So if you've been thinking about continuing to stand firm with us, we would be eternally grateful. Visit wretched.org slash donate or text the word wretched to the number 44321. Wretched. Amazing grace. Amazing gospel. Sorry to ask you to do some arithmetic, but this is some math that will encourage you and make you very, very happy. This is one testimony of a mother who chose life because she saw her own baby, courtesy of an ultrasound from Preborn. I was terrified. I really didn't know what to do. The first time I saw the ultrasound, I was just amazed. I was like, oh my gosh, is that my baby? And I, like, I heard her heartbeat and I, I just, I just fell in love. If I could care about my daughter this much, if I could love my daughter this much, how much does God love me? Now take that one testimony and multiply it by 54,253 because that is the number of babies that were saved last year because of ultrasounds at preborn centers. Would you please help us grow that number by providing as many ultrasounds as possible at preborn.org slash wretched, preborn.org slash wretched. Revelation. 
special revelation is God's act of making himself known through direct means. In history, God has spoken directly to people like Adam, Noah, Abraham, Moses, and the prophets. 2,000 years ago, he revealed himself in the person of Jesus Christ. Today, he reveals himself in his perfect word, the Bible. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. And welcome back. It is time for more Witness Wednesday here on Wretched Radio. All you fine, wonderful, beautiful people. Thank you for tuning in and listening to us this week. Fresh off that break, we are now ready for more Witnessing from Kennesaw State University. We've heard Todd speak with Fernell and Thomas so far today. Who's up next? Only one way for us to find out. Back out to the campus now. Kennesaw State University. It's Witness Wednesday on Wretched Radio. What's your first name? I'm Oren. Oren? Yep. That is an unusual name. Where'd that come from? It's a family name. I'm actually the seventh. Get out of Dodge. Yeah. What's the heritage? What is your, uh, careful of the mud here. Walk over here, young man. What's the, what's the heritage? What is, where does that come from? Um, not exactly sure. Uh, I don't know. But you had a great, 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 great Oren. Yes. From what country? Uh, I mean, I, I'd assume English, maybe some Scottish. I don't know exactly. All right, what are you studying here at Georgia Tech? I'm a mechanical engineer. Because you want to be a mechanical engineer, don't you? I do. Yeah? Yeah. What, is it, what does that mean? What, is, what does a mechanical engineer do? A mechanical engineer can do anything. <laughs> well, not anything. Well, I mean, everybody needs an engineer. And if you want an engineer, you might as well get a mechanical engineer because we can do a little of everything. So you could do what an electrical engineer does? Not in as much detail, but we do take a few courses on electrical engineering. Okay, so here's what I just learned. Kind of, You would be like the the general practice doctor of engineering. That's exactly it. As opposed to a specialist in whatever it happened to be. Right, right. We're the backbone. They're the details. Got it. And is there a little bit of an attitude between the different camps? I mean... Not really. I, I think I think the engineers. I sensed are a little coming from you that if you're going to get an engineer, get a mechanical engineer. Like you guys are better than the rest. I would not say we were better than the rest. I say without them, we'd have no purpose. So it, it's important to to keep your allies. All right. Speaking engineer. speaking of purpose, what do you think your purpose in life is? I mean, yeah, you want to be a mechanical engineer, but you know the big thing what's the point what are you doing where are you going i'm actually looking into the business market no 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 i'm, I'm talking kind of philosophically not just philosophically. how you make a paycheck what ah. is your purpose why are you or in seventh generation here that is a good question and if i had a good answer i would give it how old are you i'm 22 have you pondered it i have thought about it but i've not come to any conclusions have you gotten warm have I gotten warm? Yeah, have you come up with, you know, I'm here to uh, make money. The purpose of life is to have fun, eat, drink, and be merry. The purpose in life is to glorify God. The purpose in life is to what? I think it's I don't, a combination. I mean, there's no direct answers for me, let alone anyone else. It's. Are you a postmodern? Do you know what that means? Um, not, not in much detail. A postmodern would say, you can believe whatever you want to. That's your truth. It's valid because you believe it. It can be completely different than my truth, but it's still true for you. Would that describe you? In a way, I'd say it would. Um... Okay, so here, let me ask you this question. I happen to be, here's my answer to the purpose question. Okay. I, I'm a Christian. All right, I am I, as well. I, you are as well. I think the uh, goal in life is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. All right? 
Would I, you agree with that? I would agree that is a very good purpose in life. I mean, it's... Okay, change that then. I'm a Hindu, and I believe the purpose in life is to lose all of my desires so that ultimately I can enter nirvana or uh, what's, the, what's their paradise? Enter into nothingness. That's my purpose in life. Here's my question. All right. Do you think I'm wrong? You're not hurting anyone. So. Not the question. Do you think I'm wrong? Do I think you're wrong? Yes, sir. I'm a Hindu. The purpose in life is to lose all desires so that I can be connected to the great big divine. Whatever that happens to be. Well, that's a very... I mean, it's an opinion question. So my opinion is I'm a Christian and I believe in the Christian faith. So but do you believe I think I'm you... Wrong? I'll take it another level for you. You ready for this right. one? I believe that the great big uh, goddess of the universe is Lady Gaga. Okay. Mm-hmm. And if I and if I say Lady Gaga's name sixteen times right before I die, I'm going to spend paradise in Funky Town with Lady Gaga, singing her greatest hit. What is it? Do you remember the song? I don't even know. Okay. So I'm going to be singing Lady Gaga songs for eternity in okay. Funky Town with Lady Gaga. Do you? think I'm wrong, Warren. Well, I guess you're always opinionated by your own beliefs, so yes, I think you're wrong. There you go, because <laughs> if you're fighting it on the inside going, well, no, you're not wrong because that's what you believe, that's postmodernism, okay. which says you can believe whatever you want to and it's right for you, even though I believe it's completely different than what I believe. All right. So the question really is, if, if I'm wrong, who's right? Who do you think is right philosophically when it comes to God? Do you think you're right? Well... I obviously think I'm right because I believe what I think, but I guess I can't prove it just as you can't prove that Lady Gaga isn't the supreme being. No, but I don't have a whole lot of evidence for it, do I? No, you don't. (laughs) Why are you a Christian, Horn? Well, I guess it started, I mean, I was born a Christian, I went to church, and I just believed, I mean, thought about it, and it just, it seemed true to me. Okay. What denomination? Uh, non-denominational. Non-denominational. So you would say that you are a Christian, and would you also say that that is so evident in your life? If I assembled all of your friends, they would say the most important thing in Oren's life is Jesus Christ. Would they say that? I don't believe that they would. I I follow the Bible. I, I believe in the Bible. I try to live the way the Bible um, portrays how you're supposed to live. But, I mean, I'm not widely open about it. I don't know uh, what you're looking for exactly. Nothing specific. If I asked you the question, would you consider yourself to be a good person? What would you say? I, I would say that, yes, I believe I'm a good person. How come? Um, I mean, I, I care about other people. I'm, I want to make sure that uh, no injustices are done to them. And okay. Just... The Bible says that everybody is sinful by nature and corrupt and wicked at heart. Mm -hmm. And all of our righteous deeds are like filthy rags. Mm -hmm. How do you harmonize that with your opinion that you're a good person? Well, drawing a blank here, this is a good question. Uh, Will you restate it in a slightly different way? The Bible says you're a bad person. Okay. You said you're a good person. Right. Something's not making sense. Well, I'm not a perfect person. I have sins. I uh, commit injustices. Um, 
that's because I'm a human and it's natural for humans to make mistakes. And except or do for- you remember a time in your life? Because you're how old now? 22. 22. Sometime in your life when you know you were born into the church and you maybe grew up going to church right. and you learned the Jesus songs and that's just mm-hmm. what you did because mom and dad did. But you as a man, when you really thought it over and you realized, you know what, that whole Bible thing, it's very true. And I'm a very bad man and I'm a very bad sinner and I need to be forgiven by God. Yes, I definitely believe that. You know, when did that happen for you? It happened long ago. Um, I don't. I can't give you a time or anything, but I've always been aware of that. I do make mistakes. That I'm not perfect, and I definitely need to be forgiven for my mistakes. So I ask for forgiveness for. Uh, would you? Would you know the when Jesus said a, a man must be born again, or he will not see the kingdom of God. Do you believe that you have been born again? I definitely believe I've been born again. When did that happen? I believe I season. made the prayer, I think I got the feeling around seven or eight, and then I talked to my parents about it and asked them how how to uh, rectify, how Make to become this born again, yes. Yeah, and what did they say? Um, well, I prayed with my mother, and you got to take Jesus into your heart, except that you do have sins, and he... He died on this earth for your sins. Fine. And did you repent? Uh, yes, I was definitely sorry for my sins, and still am currently. And did you turn from your sins? Um, in some ways, yes; in other ways, no. I mean, try to do what's right, but I still do commit sins. I'm aware of. I'm sorry. I do. This is, this is a good test, Oren. Christian sin, you're right about that. We do sin. The difference, though, between a Christian and somebody who's self-deceived is a real Christian does sin, but it's a falling into sin. We fall, we hate it, get back up straight away, apologize, and get back to serving God. A false convert or somebody who's not a Christian, they live in sin. They wake up, they plan it, they plot it, they do it, don't care much that they've done it. And then they go to bed and they get up and they repeat the process and they live a lifestyle of sin. Mm-hmm. Are you the former or the latter when you say that you sin? I, I don't live in sin. I don't ignore my sins every day. I'm very well aware and I'm very sorry for them. And I try to rectify them and not to uh, commit the same sins again. Do you know for sure that if you died right now that you'd be going to heaven? I do. How come? Because um, I believe what the Bible says that... If you accept Jesus in your heart and you ask for forgiveness, that you will be forgiven and accepted into heaven. Okay, so you know beyond the shadow of a doubt that's Without your doubt, eternity. Yes, sir. So I don't need to witness to you. You're good to go. I'm good to go. Rock on. Awesome. Nice to meet you, Warren. All right, well, that is it. It is over with. The buzzer sounded. The gong has just rang out. We survived another Witness Wednesday, and it was a very, very insightful day on the campus of Kennesaw State University. It's probably one of my favorite thus far. Unraveled the secrets to life, and we've done it in less than an hour. Who knows what we're going to accomplish around here long, but you better make sure you tune in to find out. Same time, same place. And until then, until tomorrow, go serve your king.